Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas, with the simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that. I'm going to guide us through our scripture reading today. We're in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Well, happy July 4th, everyone. We are in this series called Godspeed as we're pursuing a different pace for our frantic world. And today the conversation's turning. We've spent the last two weeks thinking of looking at the problem of hurry and the problem of the pace in which we live in. But this week we're starting to turn our conversation to setting the four different practices that open up a different way, open up a different rhythm for life. And this week we're looking at the practice of simplicity. The scripture reading that we heard was from Jesus's longest teaching, the most complex teaching that he gave around the Sermon of the Mount. And I love that Jesus didn't give that talk from a Colosseum or a temple or a university, but he shared it in a field. He climbed up on the hillside and taught common ordinary people these deep truths. And so when Jesus said, look at the lilies of the field, notice the birds, like they were in this in their midst much like this location here and after looking and studying this passage i was really struck by how this section began it begins by saying therefore i tell you do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear so this verse begins with the word therefore Now, anytime we read in scripture that word, therefore, it's like a blinking light. It's saying, hey, before you keep reading, make sure you you have looked at or heard what was already said. This argument is being built and it's finally arriving at this position. And so what we find here in this passage is that Jesus is saying, hey, therefore, do not worry. But for us to get the most out of it, we have to look before what comes before our worry, what comes before our anxiety. And there seems to be three little teachings, these little vignettes that Jesus is is pulling together, connecting the dots between this problem and our worry. First off, do not store up yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus seems to be giving this really important warning that be very careful what you value most, what you place your identity, where you place your self-worth, because whatever that thing is, whatever that treasure is, there your heart will be also. In many ways, Jesus is saying, 
don't place your don't place your self-worth and ultimate value on broken things because then you will be brokenhearted. So that's the first teaching. The second one, Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Now, how in the world is that connected? Well, that idea of a healthy eye and an unhealthy eye was a common saying back in that day where it was used to describe someone with generosity. They had a healthy eye. Someone who lived with an open hand, who cared for the poor, they had a healthy eye. And people who had an unhealthy eye, those were people who were selfish and struck with greed and materialism, that their eyes were unhealthy, or even some people translate it evil. So Jesus is saying here that our ability to live with generosity or selfishness when it comes to material possessions, that will either open us up towards light or close us off in darkness. Again, another important warning. And that leads us to the third little teaching. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So again, Jesus is building this argument, and now with great emphasis, Jesus is saying, hey, you have a choice in life to either serve one master or the other, to love one or despise the other. And Jesus is saying, it's, we're talking about God and money, that with in Jesus's kingdom, you can't have dual citizenship. Either you're pledging your allegiance to the way of generosity, of love and compassion and sacrifice, or you're doing that of materialism. You have to make this choice. And it's right after he makes that statement, after these three little teachings that Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. So Jesus here is not just trying to force a decision like either or who are you with. Jesus is trying to make a connection. These little teachings are, is Jesus building a case that materialism, a life of materialism, where we treasure materialism more than anything else, will end up with worry. It'll end up closing us off to experiencing the light and the love of Jesus. Jesus is not saying this because he's selfish and greedy and wants our attention. He's saying this out of concern, out of compassion. Jesus wants us to not be struck by the system of materialism that ends up with worry. And it's so hard, I think, for our day and age to not recognize that. Because, I mean, Jesus was speaking to common, ordinary peasants, farmers, people who were looking for food and provision. They were coming to Jesus out of that. So if Jesus was warning them about materialism, how much more would he warn us? People who, I mean, I just feel like it's the water in which we swim in our day and ages that we believe in the gospel of materialism, of accumulation. The more we have, the happier we'll be more that life will be opened up to us if we just have that next thing. And uh, I think there's just real concern for us. In the way of Jesus, there's a different pace. French sociologist, uh, he shared something about the West that I thought was really provocative and true. He believes that materialism has now become the new dominant system of meaning. He actually argues that atheism hasn't replaced Christianity, shopping has. It's this belief that happiness and significance comes from that which we consume. Now, the author of this book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, uh, John Mark Comer, he actually shared, and I completely believe this, that the problem isn't our stuff. It's our insatiable appetite for more. 
and more and more. It's a belief that a little bit of more will be the solution to our unhappiness. Now, this is something that's crucially important for Jesus. Many scholars actually believe that 25% of Jesus's teachings was about materialism, wealth, and money. 25%. So part of following Jesus is learning a different way. It's unhinging our cart from materialism and wealth and the promises that, that, that they try to give us. We need to learn a different way. Now, I don't need to try to share how materialism is alive and well in our midst, how we actually long for simplicity because so much of our lives are full, congested, spilling over. Our closets are full. Our calendars are packed. I mean, I I saw this stat recently. The U.S. has 1.8 billion square feet of storage unit space. 1.8 billion square feet. That's enough for every single American citizen to have five square feet on their own. And that's the stuff that can't fit into our homes. (laughs) All of this is the indication that the system of materialism is flourishing in our midst. Now in comparison, the way of Jesus seeks after something else, something so very different. That is why Jesus ended this section of his teaching and our scripture reading ended with, but seek first, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So our calling is to seek first Jesus's kingdom. So. Our goal is not only to Marie Kondo our closets, but to take an honest look at our priorities, our values, like what what really is making the top of our list to ensure that we are seeking after the right thing, that we're treasuring the right thing. We're placing our hearts in things that matter and last and endure forever. So our goal is to, to stop chasing the pot at the end of the materialism rainbow and to seek first Jesus's kingdom kingdom of generosity, of mercy, and of love that endures now and forever. So one, a distinctive of our church is that we seek to be practice-based. We don't want to be a community that's just learning to believe the right things, but we actually want to follow Jesus in the practical parts of our life. And so we're going to send out a list of ways in which we can practice simplicity out this week and encourage for us to just try them out, see which of those we might want to uh, put on this week. But ultimately, for me, what this week is calling us into, the practice of simplicity is ultimately the practice of contentment. Saying, hey, this is enough. My joy, my delight is not built on something else, but this, I should learn to be grateful for all that God has provided for me. You know, a beacon of American success, John D. Rockefeller, he was once asked, hey, how much is enough money? And he famously responded, a little more. The calling of simplicity is for us to get off the track that's chasing after more, that's seeking more materialism and the promise of significance and happiness that won't be found there, but it's actually found in delighting that everything that you've been given is enough. This is here why the lilies of the field and the birds of the air have so much to teach us, is to live in the present moment with gratitude to enjoy this day, to enjoy this provision, to entrust the same God who is faithful today will be faithful tomorrow. Friends, this kind of life, the cost of simplicity, the costs are really high. But the reality is 
the cost of a life of materialism is so much higher. So may we seek a different kingdom, his kingdom, Christ's kingdom, and may we discover the beautiful way that's found within simplicity.